Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's High Lap Heroes. I'm your host, Brian Hayward. Check me out on Twitter at BangBangKush. Want to shout out LogoWare for being here since day one, helping the heroes out with whatever we need, whether that be t-shirts, embroidery, Carmen and Brian Kidder over there at LogoWare Metamora always taking care of us, and they can take care of you. They do online stores, so you can relieve the hassle of having to take shirts and hats to the racetrack or wherever you go. Just create the store, have them get the products online for you, and it's easy for you to sit back and sell your shit. <laughs> but we do want to thank Carmen and Brian for what they've done for Hot Lap Heroes since day one. We appreciate you supporting the heroes and always rocking the hot lap hero swag so check out logoware logowareunlimited.net i want to talk to you about this product i came across it's called molecule and it's a performance apparel detergent it's not like tide or gain it's something that you would find commercially right and for us racers and any athlete out here you know, our stuff gets stinky. The helmets stink. Your driving suit stinks. Your underbody armor stinks that you wear. Uh, a lot of nastiness goes on inside that suit. While you're racing, you're sweating, you're getting dirt and grime built up. And Molecule really does take care of a lot of the things that go on inside your racing suit. Even if you're into yoga, ladies, Molecule actually has a patented proprietary Pico 12 odor eliminating technology. It's actually formulated for technical fabrics used by athletes. You can use it in all washing machines, cleans, brightens, and freshens. Now, Molecule, the brand, sells multiple different products. And if you want to check them out, get on MoleculeSports.com. That's M-O-L-E-C-U-L-E-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Now, they also sell this refresh, which you spray on and you allow it to fully dry. It also has the odor-eliminating technology Pico 12 in it, so it's antimicrobial. It will relieve the stink, and the more you use this stuff, the better it smells. So instead of using Febreze or whatever you're using in your helmet to make it not stink like the sweat, Check out Refresh, made by Molecule, performance equipment care. Like I said, it cleans and deodorizes apparel and surfaces. And uh, it's a sanitizing ingredient. And like I said, it's antimicrobial. Now you can get this stuff in a gallon. This is the, that's what you want to get. So go to check Molecule Sports out, MoleculeSports.com. Check them out. And check out the other product lines that they offer at MoleculeSports.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, the end of hell week number two. And I am alone tonight, no Keith, so doing a solo show tonight. As a matter of fact, don't even have results from Peoria locally racing scene because there was so much to cover here uh, with the Hell Tour and Lucas and Wu running that I do apologize I wasn't able to cover Peoria so offhand. I do apologize. But moving forward, always try to get our local tracks in while we're doing the show. Uh, just right now, it's uh, it's peak racing season and there's a lot of racing going on 
You know, I did want to talk about something I seen in the news the other day. A buddy of mine, Tommy Shepard Jr., you all may know him. He uh, jumped into a late model last year and, and won seven or eight races and uh, and then parted ways with co-owner, the car owner, excuse me, and ended up getting with uh, Bob Garner at the beginning of the season. And it looks like it says, uh, I'm going to read this straight from Tommy Shepard's post. After a lot of thought and consideration, we have came to a mutual decision to part ways with Bob Garner Racing. I would like to thank Bob for believing in me and my guys and giving us an amazing opportunity. I would like to thank all the sponsors and fans of Bob Gardner Racing for accepting us as one of their own. I am extremely grateful for our time at Bob Gardner Racing and all the memories and friendships we have made along the way. This is far from the end for our team. Stay tuned over the next couple of days as we have extremely exciting news to announce. Our goal is to take this week off to regroup, then rejoin the Summer Nationals Tour for select remaining events. Thank you to my incredible fan base who have stuck behind me through this wild journey that is racing. I promise the best has yet to come. Also, there is zero room for negative comments. If you have anything negative to say, please keep it to yourself. I'm assuming that's regarding to the post, but man, can somebody hook Tommy Shepard Jr. up with a ride that's fulfilling and get him a year-long ride? I mean, this kid has pure, raw talent. Now, I don't know what was going on behind closed doors. I have talked to Tommy. I haven't really divulged or talked to him about that because, you know, I really don't want to dig into that, um, you know, because racing is is very competitive and maybe there was something going on. Maybe there wasn't. Um, obviously, he had some motor issues. And uh, I know Bob was doing the best that he could to help Tommy out. So, you know, in the short time that they were together, they were running great. And Tommy was eighth in points the first week of the Hell Tour. And, uh, you know, Bob's right up there in the top five in points, too. So, you know, not not for lack of equipment or talent, but things just weren't meshing well over there at the Bob Garner camp with Tommy Shepard. So, you know, they mutually parted ways. I hate to see that for both sides because I know Bob personally and I know Tommy and I know how passionate Tommy is about racing. And I know how great Bob Garner has been an inspiration to Tommy to get him into this car. So, you know, moving forward, what do I think is happening? I think Tommy is finally going to get his own piece of equipment. And I think we're going to see Tommy out there on the Hell Tour maybe this coming week, like he said, uh, with his own power plant, his own equipment, and hopefully can see him back up there competing for wins. T-Ship, love you, man. Hope the best for you, and and honestly, just hope things work out. And if they don't work out, you know, just keep pushing. Uh, I know he's got the talent. Somebody out there could see that and potentially maybe get him a full ride in, in a super late model. Uh, much, not much other news besides the racing, but, I mean, I have to talk about my buddy, Blake Brown. We talk about him all the time on the show. He's my buddy from Kentucky. Corbin actually Kentucky and he has just been on a tear this year every car he gets in he's winning has an opportunity to win the kid is just fast and I've been bugging him and bugging him and bugging him and bugging him for it feels like decades and I don't know I haven't known him that long Blake but I'm like get up to Hoosier country man Get your ass up here and let's do some real racing, not on your red clay bull crap. Get up here to some black dirt. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think Blake Brown's going to be making an appearance. Obviously, the Summer Nationals is going to be uh, heading down south 
So you're going to get some different track feels coming up in this next week that we'll talk about. But um, they are going to be stopping at the Lake Cumberland Speedway, and uh, that's one of my buddy's wheelhouses there for Blake Brown. And uh, matter of fact, he, um, he he whooped some ass the other day. I believe he was at, uh, oh, Wartburg Speedway. And I think he's won eight times in his modified, and this was on a borrowed motor. So... Blake Brown, if you don't know him, look him up. Kids, phenomenal. He's driving Nick Hoffman's personal modified that he had at PRI at the beginning of the year. Obviously, Nick committed to a full ride. He he pretty much just told Blake, hey, go out there and be Nick Hoffman Jr. And <laughs> so Blake's been out there, and uh, I believe Blake is going to be running Lake Cumberland. And assuming he gets his power plant back from Vic Hill, he did tell me he's going to be maybe up here in the great state of Illinois running here the week after. So the 4th of July week, we, we should see Blake running the full week that Summit's running up here. So, man, I hope he's up here and get him some TV time and everybody can see what I've been talking about on the show. All 48 listeners can see that Blake is the man and I can't wait for everybody to see him on uh, Dirt Vision kicking some ass and taking some names and running up there with the big dogs and the best of the best in the country. So, you know, just have to shout out my buddy Blake. But let's get to the news. Let's shake it down. You know, we like to talk about what's happening, what's been going on. And, uh, well, if you know, you know, Helltor Week 2 results. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Summer Nationals headed on over to Moberly Raceway out there in Missouri. Now, I heard some stuff that this is only the second time that they've been here on the Hell Tour and it's since its existence. And what I had heard was that Moberly originally was asphalt and then it was ripped up and turned to dirt. And then it went back to asphalt, I believe, and now back to dirt. So what I noticed, though, was it was it was an odd car uh, turnout and an odd car count for the racing now, because it's a half mile high banked, I don't know if some of the racers were like, hey, then they're doing a weekly points battle. So Brian Shirley is like, hey, you know, I got woo stuff to do. I'm taking a break, getting my stuff ready for World of Outlaws. So, you know, over on Moberly, there was, I mean, you know, you had, a, I think you had 20, I think they had about 27 cars there for that show. And uh, which is really is really sad. They only had uh, seven modifieds show up, but uh, I laugh at that because I like once again it's a half mile high bank track hasn't been ran in a long time. I'm sure a lot of concerns were had for people thinking, well, I don't want to come race here if I'm going to get my shit tore up or if the track's rough and junk because it hasn't been raced on in a long time. But I think they did a pretty darn good job at Moberly to keep the track competitive and racy all night. And at the end of the night, uh, Billy Moyer Jr. ended up getting it done. Now, Drake Troutman was leading, but he blew a tire. He's been doing that a lot. And uh, that relinquished the lead. Billy Moyer Jr. got the dub. Jason Fager, you've been hearing his name a lot, finishing second. Uh, Kai Blight with, I think, his best finish so far. He's been having some horrible luck. The kid is fast, but uh, finishing third at Moberly. Uh, Chad Finley in that 42 showed up the last week before. Looked pretty good, showed up and finished fourth in that number 42. Fifth was Frank Heckenish Jr. Sixth was Clayton Stuckey. Seventh was Tyler Clem. Eighth, the big pink panther Bob Garner. Ninth was... Daniel Hilsebeck, and in 
Rounding out your top 10, the 42H of Jonathan Hudson. Houston, sorry. Now let's go over here to your mods. Like I said, there was only seven of them, so everybody made the show. And uh, Austin Becerra over there out of Carthage, Illinois, showing up and showing out, taking the win over Chris Spaulding, uh, Preston Dawson, Charles Baker, Dave Weedholder, Jace Gay, and then Michael Wong finishing seventh. So um, low car count to start off the week. You know, a little hesitant to go out to a track that hasn't been raced but twice on the Hell Tour. I understand. And you know what? I think they put on a good show for what conditions they had and for the cars that showed up. Now, Wednesday was only late models. There was some uh, IMCA late models and um, I believe IMCA. They call them super mods, which... Pretty sure we've been calling modified super mods, A mods at least, super mods for quite some time. And I know I heard somebody on Dirt Vision say super mods. So, uh, you know, I'm going to need my royalty check because how uh, Piro's coined the phrase super mods. I, I don't believe that they've been called that just, just to fair warn, you know. I believe that we're being encroached upon with our naming of the super mod series, okay? So, uh, back off, Dirt Vision. <laughs> so... It was a good night of racing. Davenport's an amazing track. That's a fun one to watch. And that used to be a mile track, folks. That track used to be a mile track. Then it got chopped down to a half mile. And now it's in a quarter mile. Isn't that weird how they did that? A mile to a half mile to a quarter mile. But I guess back in the day, mile racing was popular. So um, not so much anymore. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen a mile race now. That'd be a, that'd be a cool one, just like the Springfield Mile. But that would be a cool race to have on a have for the for the Hell Tour, wouldn't it be? You know, <laughs> you'd probably only have about seven or eight cars show up because uh, they'd be worried about blowing motors. Because I'm telling you, 30 laps on a mile speedway, holy holy moly! That's uh, I mean, not only one are you moving fast, but two you are just hard on equipment notoriously hard on equipment heck these half miles are hard on equipment i can only imagine what uh what motors and transmissions and parts of the chassis and suspension components were damaged and hurt and worn out from being at moberly which is a half mile on tuesday so it was a good race for davenport for the super late models at the end of the night ashton winger got it done over the simpson boys chris simpson coming home second and look 25 jason fager in third just right up there all the time fourth chad simpson fifth frank heckinus jr sixth bobby g bob garner seventh billy moore jr your winner on tuesday eighth drake troutman ninth another good run for kai blight and tenth morgan bagley good racing all around wednesday now after the race is wednesday here's where the sad brian comes in uh, Spoon River put out a note, and so did Summer Nationals, saying, Following tonight's Dirt Car Summer Nationals event, Dirt Car Racing and Spoon River Speedway officials reached a decision to cancel Thursday's race due to track equipment malfunctioning. The equipment cannot be fixed in time to prepare, to prepare a safe racing surface. The event will not be rescheduled. Now, the killer here is Spoonie River Speedway is always a fast fun high banks clay oval to watch racing at they always put on a good show the track is 99 percent of the time a great racing surface 
You know, and, and with the track being up for lease next year in the air, you know, there was a lot of negativity on socials about, oh, well, you just couldn't rent a pack truck or rent a truck or why couldn't a Peoria Speedway offer to bring them their water truck? Well, folks, listen here. I mean, these people, Brad and Maury Denny, were working that track all day Thursday, probably within earlier in the week to get the surface right. When you have equipment fail, not only once, not twice, but three times, all of your all of your backup plans have been expressed. You are left with no backup plan. You have nothing. If all three of their water trucks were broke, um, I mean, we got to have water. It's it hasn't rained in like fifty-seven days. So I mean, any measurable rain at least, you have to have water, or otherwise everybody's going to complain about the tracks taking rubber. So. It is very frustrating, and I know it was more frustrating from the owners, but I know Jason Fager was very upset that he wasn't going to go get to finish up in the top three there at Spoon because he always puts on a hell of a show too there. So just it just is frustrating and, 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 and sad. It's, it's just sad. Let's just be honest. It's sad. Um, could that have been the last Summer Nationals race at Spoon River for a while? I don't know. It very well could be. I know Brad and Maury are actively looking to lease the track. Maybe they only run select events next year. You know, that is a great track. And to see that it may fall to the wayside, it's just, it's just sad. You know, and then the people bashing them on social media, just stop it. I saw one of the water trucks leaving the tire shop downtown Peoria albeit through a, a Snapchat from no other than Tommy Shepard saw that truck leaving the shop and put it on a Snap story. So thanks again, Tommy Shepard, for showing some uh, insight into what's going down. So it wasn't a lie. It wasn't, a, oh, we're not going to make any money or it's too hot or whatever. They legitimately had issues. And Spoon River is probably one of the hardest working tracks out there to put on a great show and a great racing surface so for them to cancel you know it had to be serious so that's my that's my point we'll move on from that now friday they went to brownstown bullring and uh i don't know what happened there i wasn't able to watch the heats i was busy during the day at work uh and then i had a dinner date with my girlfriend because i have been spending way too much time dealing with racing and and doing the other things that i need to do that uh, I didn't want to neglect my girlfriend, and we went out to have a dinner and have a couple drinks, and uh, I came home, and I was like, oh, I want to see if I missed the race, and uh, they hadn't even started the features when I got home, and this was like 11 o'clock, so um, I heard there was a red flag, and I heard they had to do some track work, so, you know, once again, summer heat, no rain, farming tracks is a thing. Tracks rubber up. So it's just unfortunate, but some of these nights were late nights and, uh, I'm a, I'm an in bed by nine 30 kind of guy. So some of these races on the weekend were really hard for me to try to get through them. So bear with me, <laughs> but, uh, Jason Fager grabbed the bull by the horns, literally got that trophy. The, uh, Brownstown bullring trophy it was like a bull's head. That's cool. And, uh, Jason Fager got that thing. Billy Moore Sr. finished second. Shannon Babb coming home third. Stormy Scott coming home fourth. 
Billy Moyer Jr., fifth. Drake Troutman coming to sixth. Seventh was Morgan Bagley. Eighth, Frank Heckenis Jr. Ninth, Ashton Winger. And tenth, Mike Harrison. Some other notables in there. Ryan Unzicker finishing in twelfth. He started 19th, moved up seven positions. And um, look at that. Kai Blight coming home 15th. Not as great as he'd been running the last couple days, but uh, that guy is fast. He's very fast. And if he could just have some luck and maybe not stepping on his PP. That guy might be had a couple wins. I mean, he may have had a couple wins by now. He's very fast and, and very possible. There is time. There's still three more weeks of this. So uh, I know I can't wait for the next three weeks. And I'm sure Kai Blight can't wait to try to get one knocked off there. A five grand or a ten grand show. Now let's jump over to the mods. The mods, good show. Mike Harrison, back to his winning ways. Coming home first, Tyler Nicely coming home second. Cole Fowlway coming home third. Kyle Steffens, Warlock, coming home fourth. And in fifth, Rick Canoyer, the Destroyer. <laughs> I like that nickname. Charlie Medford, we did an article on him, coming home sixth with that new rap looking slick. Uh, and in seventh, Michael Boyard. In eighth, Brian Shaw. Ninth, Cody Zobrist. And in tenth, Zach Shantz. Some names that I'm not familiar with there at the Browntown's Bullring, but uh, another good race. Now, Saturday, Saturday was a good race. I got to watch most of this uh, throughout the night. A couple heats I may have missed or been busy, but, uh, man, I-55 never ceases to amaze me on how good of a show they can put on. And uh, it was no different Saturday, really. Um, Stormy Scott sneaks by Ashton Winger to get his first summer nationals win and he was kind of emotional it'd been a long time if you know stormy scott he's always quick and qualifying always wins heat races he just always seems to fade during the races and uh it just looks like he's just missing the one key component and that is the duration of a race and having some luck on his side and and you know i honestly thought ashton winger was he had it in the bag and drake troutman was coming and um Stormy just snuck by on the bottom. I mean, it, the top was there, and you could get a run off the corner, but the bottom where is where the speed was actually working and the momentum uh, that you carried up top would take you down the front stretch before you can really get that run. But Stormy made that bottom work. He was kind of watching where those other guys were running, and he just took his time, maneuvered, did what he needed to do and ended up getting the dub. So congrats to Stormy Scott. Ashton Winger coming home second. Drake Troutman coming home third. Frank Heckenis Jr. coming in fourth. Jason Fager, another top five. Sixth, Billy Moyer Jr. Seventh, Mike Harrison. Eighth, Logan Martin, who had a fantastic run and he slid back. Ninth, Tyler Stevens. And in tenth, rounding out the top ten, Kai Blight. Now, now to the mods. Kenny Wallace was there. Harrison jumping out of a late model, getting into a modified. Ah, going to be hard to catch him. Well, Wallace actually was winning the race. And, um, you know, Michael Long was dueling with him. Michael Wall, uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael Long, Kenny Wallace, and Mike Harrison were putting on an absolute show the last 10 laps. 
Mike Harrison got it done over Kenny Wallace. Michael Long third. Kyle Steffens, voila, coming home fourth. Dean Hoffman fifth. Rick Knoyer sixth. Seventh, Lucas Lee, booty, y'all, remember him. Eighth, going to Tyler Nicely. Ninth to Cole Falloway. And ten to Zeke McKenzie. So, good race on Saturday. Those were some good shows. Really were a good show to watch. Now, we get to Sunday, and uh, kind of a topic for discussion. Sunday at the Lincoln Speedway. Pretty decent turnout. They had 23 modifieds, 27 lates, and 32 midgets. Now, I want to talk about this before I go on with the results. Um, being as it was a Sunday, now I know we're in summer, and you know, but people have jobs. Adam Mackey and Bob Sargent over there at Track Enterprises always run a tight ship, and they know what they're doing promoting-wise. Um, but if I were them, they maybe would have done some things different at Lincoln last night. And I know a lot of people on the internet were just, were just done with the midgets after like the third or fourth flip. Uh, I, if, if, if Adam and Bob had to do everything over again, I think maybe the right move would have been letting the late models go first, then running the midgets and then running the, the modifieds to finish out the night my opinion, I obviously don't make those decisions. Uh, people were talking about God support classes. Well, Lincoln doesn't run all the time either. So they had a speed weeks going on in Illinois. They were running at Macon. I can't remember the other places they were running, but the midgets were having their speed weeks. And it just so happened that they had a date marked on the Hell Tour with the Summer Nationals for their finale. And... Listen, I think the midgets are great. I think they deserve their own show. I don't think they should be a support class uh, for the Summer Nationals and not because of the amount of flips or the push starts every time there's a caution. Not because of that. I think it's it's just that the midgets deserve their own show because they are their own show. And and you're, you're, you're crisscrossing two different groups of fans and nothing against that, but... It's my opinion to think that they should have had that show later in the show or maybe even what I actually would have done is if you were going to run it the way you did, maybe they could have started one hour earlier because it was damn near 11 o'clock when this, when the races got over. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm in bed by 930, so it's hard for me to keep up with these late nights. And and I apologize, and I'm doing my best, but, man, the hell tour is hell on me too, folks. And I'm sure it's hell on a lot of you fans that watch it day in and day out to try to get up and get ready for work in the mornings. So, um, you know, but I'm not going to bash on Track Enterprises or, or them I, because I, I liked what they did. Uh, just maybe next time, if they had to do it again, maybe start it an hour early or let the Supers go first. And then let your midgets and then your mods run. Now, I know people will hang me by a cross and light me on fire and say, Brian, if you run the supers first, then everybody's going to leave. How are you going to sell concessions and beer? I get that. It's a Sunday night show. People have to work on Monday. Now, I get it. Everybody's running through the week, too. You have to work every day, but, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. But on a Sunday, it looked like a packed house, mind you. I just think some time management could have been ran a little differently. And normally Adam Mackey is up in that crow's nest and he is, he is the, he is the epitome 
of time, time limits. He is he is on it. So there is no no shade or any dirt being thrown at Lincoln other than what was coming from the cars on the track. But just um, you know, a lot of a lot of people that were watching on the TV weren't happy about uh, the midgets being involved in this show. Moving on from that, uh, Fager had a 37 point lead, pretty comfortable. Uh, if he just finished, I think in the top five, he was going to clinch the points title for week two. And you know what he said? He said, screw that. I'm going to high side hustle this bad boy to a dub. And that's what he did. And he did hold off an impressive night for our buddy in the 84 miles moose. Congrats to him. He had an opportunity to get by Fager. He did, matter of fact. He led for one lap, and Fager was able to get back by him, and then he was pretty much coasting. There were a few cautions, but uh, once Fager jumped out to a lead, he was, you know, hard to catch up to him until, like, the last couple laps. Miles started catching him. Miles caught him with one to go. There was a lap car. Didn't really help Miles out, but Miles was, you know, within a – uh, 10th or two at the line. So congrats to Jason wrapping up the points, getting $7,500. So that was 17,500, you know, with the win and the points on top of his other winnings this week. Uh, a fantastic week for Jason Fager, obviously winning that points, which we'll go through here in just a moment. Uh, Miles Moose coming in second, Ashton Winger up there in the top three, like always Jake Little had an impressive run, came home fourth. Uh, Billy Moore Jr., 5th. Frank Heckenish Jr., 6th. 7th, Clayton Stuckey. Good run for him. 8th, Morgan Bagley, ninth. Brandon Eskew came from a crate to a super, finishing in the top 10 against some of the best of the best. And in 10th, Tim Lance out of Brimfield, the old ex-bear. Isn't that pretty cool? So some good runs for some people that normally, I wouldn't say that Miles doesn't run up front, and I wouldn't say that Jake Little doesn't run up front, but normally when you go to a show that's paying 7500 to win, those guys are in the middle of the pack, you know, um, at the end of the night because all the cream rises to the top, if you will. All the people with unlimited budgets end up being in front of those guys that are the great local regional guys. But, yeah, really pumped for those guys to have a good night. And, uh, whew. Now let's get into the mods. Let's get into the mods and let's talk about it because I know we have to. Alan Weiser starts on the pole. Mike Harrison to the outside. Out of three, they take the green and Alan drives very wide. Almost, I don't know if he was trying to take that line away from Mike Harrison or if Alan just wasn't prepared for his car to make the move that it did, but it, it caught Harrison. They rubbed on the right side, and Harrison spun in front of everybody. And you had an 18 car, 15, 18 car pileup right off the start. Oh man, I feel so bad for everyone involved in that. Do I think that that could have been avoided? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I am not on a race car, so I can't tell you what was going on in A-Dog's head, and I can't tell you what happened in Mike Harrison's cockpit. But a lot of torn up cars. Kyle Hammer, um, I believe Michael Long, Trevor Neville. A lot of guys got their stuff tore up. Um, just, 
you know, that didn't need to. Dalton Lane, uh, Mike Brooks, just a, just, just a bad night <laughs> right off the get-go, too. And look, it doesn't get any easier the rest of this race. I mean, there's a, several more cautions, but Alan Weiser and Tyler Nicely, the 225s, I don't know, and, and this is just, once again, opinions, I don't know how nice Tyler Nicely is going to be to Alan Weiser the next time that they have that same opportunity when they're racing because now, and listen, when you're out front and you're leading, it's your track, your tires are in front, you get to make the line that you're running. And I don't discredit uh, A-Dog for doing what he's doing because, man, I love that the local guys are up there, you know, working these bigger teams' tails off trying to get the wins and, and running them hard. But I think there is an amount of respect that goes around in the racing. And I don't know that Alan Weiser is giving Tyler nicely enough respect or maybe Alan Weiser feels that Tyler nicely hasn't given him enough respect. And I just think whenever those 225s get together on the track, it's like a pissing match. And... And it, and it honestly always turns out great for content, stuff to talk about. But um, lately, Tyler Nice has been getting the pooey end of the stick. And I have just got to got a feeling that eventually that's going to come around and it's going to be uh, Alan Weiser's turn to get the poopy end of the stick. And I don't mean karma. I think it's going to be via the front nose of Tyler Nicely's uh, modified that's going to give him the pooey end of the stick. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, they're racing hard, and you can say, yeah, Brian Nicely was running scared and didn't want to run hard, but Nicely's going to race you the way you want to, you, he wants to race, you know, and, and he races people clean. I've seen him race people hard and aggressive, but that's really not in Tyler Nicely's wheelhouse. He's been very smooth. you got to think of the people he's been running around, Nick Hoffman, Kyle Steffens, you know, uh, Cole Falloway, those guys run, you know, pretty clean. So his driving style is a lot cleaner um, than a lot of other racers. And I don't mean that to bag on anybody, so don't take offense to that. If you do, you shouldn't be racing if you can't take criticism or the truth. But Alan Weiser uh, just, you know, now I'm not talking shit about Alan, but Alan, Alan is, is, is a different animal when he puts that helmet on. He's a great guy out of the car, and in the car he is a fierce competitor and he has just got a I don't give a crap attitude when he's racing against these big dogs and I like to see that I like to see that but Alan I'm just telling you man it might come back to bite you and and, and it's going to be at the worst time too you know I don't want to see that I don't want to say that that's going to happen but it's very possible that it could because I just feel like Tyler Nicely is probably about fed up at this point with the other 25 car that he races. Seems like every time they're on the track together, they're banging sheet metal, banging doors, wrecking each other under caution after the races are over. You know, and in, on this occasion, uh, Nicely had it going into the four, and uh, Weiser pinned him behind a lap car, and uh, Casey Lappin, I believe, and ended up spinning nicely and lapping out across the start finish line and Weiser took the dub and poor Casey Lappin he probably had no idea why he was getting spun by nicely and he was obviously not happy with nicely like why you wrecking me we're coming to the checkers you know so I feel bad for Casey Lappin I feel bad for Tyler and I'm happy for for a dog but um man uh there 
there I feel like there's being a lack of respect shown on the track to some drivers and some are probably going to get their comeuppance at some time. But like I said, not not saying anything bad. I'm just saying that keep your eye on the 25 cars because uh, there might be some fireworks coming before the 4th of July. So let's go down that finishing order. Alan Weiser getting the win over Tyler Nicely, over Mike Harrison, even after sustaining the damage. Mike McKinney coming home fourth. Warlock Kyle Steffens in fifth. Uh, sixth, Kelly Kowalski. Seventh, Jared Thomas, another good run for him. And eighth, Brian Lynn. And ninth, Ray Bollinger. And tenth, Zeke McKenzie. And shout out to number 99, Tim Luttrell. Got it done in Macon on Saturday. Got involved in that wreck on the first corner of the first lap and came back to finish 11th. Good job for him. Uh, bad night for Mike Brooks, Don Hammer, Trevor Neville. He his car was destroyed. Uh, yeah, just just Trevor Ringle, Dalton Lane. These cars all got uh, massacred in the first wreck there. So, you know, at the end of the week, here's your points totals. So Jason Fager got that ten grand. Billy Moore is going to get five grand. Ashton Winger is going to get a few grand. Frank Heckenis Jr. in fourth. In fifth, Drake Troutman. Six, Kai Blight. Which, let's cover that real quick. Kai Blight and Drake Troutman having a little uh, checking something out, maybe. Uh, Drake did not want to look at Kai Blight's setup the way he did in the heat race <laughs> when uh, Kai Blight was on top of Drake Troutman's car. And uh, just to mention that. But uh, Kai Blight in six, after having all these ups and downs, he's. He's in sixth place this week. Bob Garner seventh, Tyler Clem eighth, Clayton Stuckey ninth, and then in tenth place this week, two points was Morgan Bagley. Now let's check out your Summit Modified points for week two. Our buddy Kyle Steffens Warlock, nice solid lead, 449 points over Tyler Nicely in second, 424. In third, Mike Harrison coming up that board quick. 329 and fourth Zeke McKenzie 320 and fifth Alan Weiser 258 and sixth Mike McKinney 220 seventh Michael Long 213 eighth charge and Charlie Medford 184 ninth Rick Canoyer 179 and in your top 10 Kenny Wallace 175 points so that was all the hell tour now let's cover this Lucas Oil Firecracker 100 not much to cover there other than Ricky Thornton Jr. dominating like he has been. The new Jonathan Davenport, if you will. Gets that 50 grand, passes the droop check. He celebrates. Everybody's happy except Davenport because he just cannot win at Lernerville. He was fast on Friday night, Thursday. He just He has just had a, no luck in getting a win. So <laughs> I'll read you the top 10, though, in the Firecracker 100A main. Ricky Thornton Jr. first, Hudson O'Neill second, Jonathan Davenport third, Greg Satterley fourth, Devin Moran fifth, Brandon Overton sixth, uh, Michael Norris seventh. Um, now I should Schlottenbrand eighth, Mason Ziegler ninth, and Max Blair tenth. I don't. I'm sorry about <laughs> Schlottenbrand. I don't remember the first name on that one. I do apologize. But uh, but let's look at the points now. As you would assume, Ricky Thornton Jr. is leading 39-10 over Hudson O'Neill at 37-05. Brandon Overton's in third at 35-20. Tim McCready's in fourth at 33-55. Jonathan Davenport, the $2 million man, in fifth at 33-15. 
six Devin Moran at 3305, seven Dalton Wilson 3165, eight Max Blair 3105, Tyler Herb 9th at 3100, and then rounding out your top 10 in the points so far for the Lucas Oil Late Model Series Spencer Hughes at 3035. So let's get back over here and let's talk about World of Outlaws. There was a couple World of Outlaw races this weekend, which were during Summer Nationals. So pick your poison, Brian. I had to watch. I had to watch Summer Nationals because obviously that's what we're really mainly covering. So, um, yeah, eighty-one Speedway. Old Grumpy Cat Dennis Herb Jr. got the thirty-k payday. Um, you know, Hoffman's going in second there. Herb just, you know, Herb said he just, the things hadn't been going well this year. The car's been good, but he has been caught up in some things. And, uh, you know, to get that win feels really good for him. He got his 14th World of Outlaws case late model win of his career. And the first, and actually just one day short of a year. He took a patient approach despite only needing 22 laps to move from seventh to the lead. Uh, obviously, Nick Hoffman upset he finished second. And, um, you know, Gust in third, but obviously Dennis just got by Hoffman. They missed the bottom one time, and then Dennis never misses the bottom, you know. So let's read you those feature results there. Hmm. Dennis Herb Jr. first, Nick Hoffman second, Tanner English third, excuse me, Ryan Gustin was fourth, fifth, Bobby Pierce, sixth, Brian Shirley. Seven, Johnny Scott. Eight, Brent Larson. Ninth, Ethan Dotson. And then top ten, David Brazil. Brazil. And then um, yesterday, off-road speedway. A good run here for Bobby Pierce. Pierce gets by Shepard to lock up the win. Bobby Pierce, Brandon Shepard second, Shane Clanton third, Nick Hoffman fourth, Kate Dillard fifth, Ryan Gustin sixth, Tanner English seventh, Johnny Scott eighth, ninth, Chris Madden, and tenth, G-Man Gordy Gundaker. So, you know, Pierce lost the lead, fell back to fourth. He needed some time to get past Clanton and um, Shepard. And he was able to figure out where he needed to go. And got by Shepard with, I believe, 15 to go. And they were moving all over the track. And Pierce found out where he wanted to be and ended up getting the dub. And he pulled within four points of your points leader, Chris Madden. So Chris Madden's got 25.82. Bobby Pierce is in second with 25.78. Nick Hoffman a close third, 25.76. Ryan Gustin in fourth, 25.32. Kyle Bronson in fifth. 2518, Brian Shirley in six, 2508, Brandon Shepard in seventh, 2492, eighth, Tanner English, 2460, ninth, Dennis Herb, 2392, and in 10th, Gordy Gundaker, 2364. Wow. Did you guys keep up with all that racing that was going on? My goodness, that's a lot of racing. And uh, there's even more going on that I probably didn't even cover, if you will, so... But uh, let's talk about the upcoming week, week three here for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, Late Models, and the Summit Racing Equipment Modifieds. Today, they're off Tuesday, June 27th, uh, Summer National Late Model Show only at the Springfield Raceway. Wednesday, June 28th, 
at Adams County Speedway over in Quincy. Full show, Summit Modifieds, Summer National Late Models. Thursday at Benton Speedway in Missouri there, Benton, Missouri. Summit Modifieds and Dirt Car Late Models. Friday, June 30th, Paducah International Raceway. Uh, Summer National Hell Tour Late Models and the Summit Modifieds will be there. Saturday, July 11th at Clarksville Speedway in Clarksville, Tennessee. Full show, Modifieds and Lates. Now, I will say this. You want to talk about a late show. Now, the last time Clarksville had the Hell Tour, which I believe last year, I think they had like 10 classes. Be prepared for a long night. I don't know that I will make Clarksville (laughs) the entire night. I don't know. I have not seen the class list yet. Obviously, when it gets closer, I'll be looking to see if they're going to have 10 classes like they did last year. 10 or 11. I mean, they had an, an Astro. They had a go-kart count uh, of classes. You know, if you go to watch the go-kart tracks, they have like a rookie, clone, outlaw wing, outlaw wing 500, you know, box, box wing. It's just, there's just every class you could imagine. Clarksville will be running it. Um, and then Sunday, July 2nd, at Lake Cumberland, my buddy Blake Brown should be in attendance. That'll be Summit Modifieds and the Dirt Car Summer National Late Models as well. Whew. A whole nother week ahead of me, Brian. Got to get it in gear and ready for five more exciting nights of race. Six more exciting nights of racing this week. Kicking off, like I said, tomorrow or Tuesday, depending on when you listen to this. June 27th at Springfield Raceway. Man, I tell (laughs) you, I did want to touch on this too, just and then we'll close it out. Um, So obviously I talked about Lincoln with the midgets, but people talked about, people have been talking about support classes during the Summer Nationals Health Tour. And there's been a debate about whether or not they should have one, two, three, four, 27 support classes at a show for the summer nationals. A lot of people have agreed to just one support class, pick the best class out of your weekly racing program that you have at your track and put them in front, uh, with the late models and the modifieds. And that'd be it. Some places like Clarksville, it was like, Hey, you know, you're going to give us a show. Well, we're going to run our show because it's on a Saturday. That's our racing night. They do things different down there in Clarksville. Um, you know, 10 classes is a lot. That is a lot of racing. And I mean, that is literally thousands of laps ran at that track that night. Now, I don't know, but I hope they don't have that many classes at Clarksville. Because I think it takes away from the uniqueness of the Summer Nationals. Because when you run that many classes, it just becomes a regular night to me. You know, you want to get in there, get the races on, and get out and get home. And take a shower and lay down because you're exhausted, you know. But, I mean, back to the disagreement or the agreement to have one, two, three, twenty-seven 27 uh, support classes. I don't, uh, you know, I think it's per track basis. And if you can run a show in three and a half hours and you can jam five classes in there, then, my God, do it. But if it takes you five and a half hours to run three classes... You don't need any more support classes. That's all I'm going to say on this, and I will leave it at that. Now, I will say, and I'm not being privy to just Peoria Speedway, but Peoria Speedway probably has had 
out of all the races the first two weeks of the Hell Tour, and they kicked it off, the fastest show, and I believe it was done by 10 o'clock. Now, that's late, but it's not on a Wednesday to run three classes. We had 40 late models, and I think they had 18 or 19 modifieds, and they had probably 24, 25 B mods. It's a good show. Three support classes. If you can do four classes in three and a half hours, I'm all for it. But if you can't get the show over in four hours or less, three and a half really, if you can't get the show over in three and a half hours or less, you don't need to think about adding more support classes. And that's that's not for the racetrack. That's not for the fans. That's just for the the time constraints that most people have during midweek races. Especially for something as unique as the Summer Nationals Hell Tour. So that's my final thought for the evening on this. Check back in next week for week three updates and some more news and whatever pops off in the racing world, I'm sure we'll cover it. But always, until next time, keep it on the high side and bang in the cush. It's Hot Lap Heroes, and we're out of here. Oh, 